0: So, uh, today we're talking to Lee Chang, He owns, or he's, part, he's, uh, he's one of the owners of a restaurant called QQ Restaurant in Prague, which is a fine dining, Asian cuisine uh, in the city centre, so anyone coming through, go and check that place out, it's great, I tried it on New Year's and that's where I met Lee, and they're in, in the Michelin Guide, and uh, you don't get there without being good, and great food. Uh, He's born in, in Denver, Colorado his, his parents emigrated for Taiwan from Taiwan to to the US and uh, he told me a little bit about how that was to grow up as a as a foreigner in, in Denver, how he did in school what expectations his kids of, had of him or about him he played the violin for a few years and then yeah he dropped out of school and, and did some messy stuff but uh, eventually he got on track. That led him to Prague. And we talked about, yeah, live in the US, racism, um, and how, why are Asian people performing and are they being used as the as a uh, poster boy for the successful minority and pitted against other minorities in that sense. Uh, he told me a little bit about how COVID and the and the fact, well, I don't know if it's even a fact, I hope I won't be deplatformed, but... Uh, the possibility that the coronavirus uh, came out of Asia or China, how that has affected uh, behavior towards Asians um, in the US. It's crazy stuff actually. Yeah and a lot of other things and we talked about uh, Jenna Jameson for those of you who don't know who that is then just go on Google and get fo- and s- pick images. you will you will thank me. Um, and uh, yeah I think that's kind of yeah we went all over the place. He told me how he got into Castro and, and, and what it is that he likes about it and so on. and Bits and pieces here and there. Enjoy it, guys. And then the sponsors, that's uh, Alfred Jobs, Alfred.cz, Alfred Jobs in the App Store, uh, Apple Apple Store and, and this iOS and what's it called? Google Play. And there you can set up a job board where you can get your favorite job sent to you and you can apply with one click. You only need to sign up once. You don't have to fill in endless forms to apply for different jobs. And you can Browse anonymously, so nobody knows you're there. Alpha never sells access to their database, so even if you have a job which you hate, or you hate your colleague, or your salary, or your boss, or whatever, you can be searching without them knowing it, and you can leave on a short notice and leave them sad and sorry. Mm-hmm. And then the old bar on Cypher Tower 21 in Šiškov, close to the main train station and and Chersil Square and Vinohrady in Šiškov. So if you're traveling through Prague, uh, that that's the place you should go for breakfast. Uh, perfect oatmeal, skir from an organic farm, um, Icelandic recipe, amazing toppings, no nasty ingredients, no white sugar, no flour, nothing like that. All all the healthy, healthy alternatives and uh, available for takeaway. Uh, you can eat inside also, but it's a small space. You know, don't expect to be dining there for two, three hours. It's a, it's a quick grab and go or a delivery from Bolt or Walt and open on the weekdays, uh, from Monday to Thursday, from 8 to 3, and on Fridays to 1.30, and Saturdays to one thirty. Check it out, guys. Bye. Hi, Lee Chang. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, welcome to my little humble bunker.
1: Yeah, it's nice in here. Great,
0: yeah? Yeah. It's uh, w- nicely... Um, what it's very it well decorated. Yeah, beautiful uh, sound insulations on the walls. The
1: view is amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. People are talking about this. <laughs> it's been. Uh, it was in uh, Home and Decor magazine, and Martha Stewart came here also.
1: Yeah, yeah. I caught that. She came with Snoop Dogg. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah.
0: He did like a live. Uh, what's it called when he's commenting, commentating on on different things? He did like a commentary on on how it is here, and
1: uh-huh. he was the. Uh, what do you call the the gallery smoking a blunt?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a blunt friendly space, but you told me just before we started recording that you switched completely to heroin now. Uh, not completely. I still dabble in, I don't know, whatever's out there. I guess white wine, red wine. White wine, red wine,
2: especially. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but no, anyway, we, we didn't come here to talk <laughs> talk about the
1: heroin. But uh,
0: so you're a chef. Yes. A restaurant yeah. owner.
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm the. Chef and co-owner of um, QQ Asian Kitchen. Mm. Um, it's in Prague too. We've been open since uh, 2017. Mm. And um, going strong. Real happy. But you
0: you moved to a new location, right? Yeah, you so we
1: right? used to be closer. We were still in Prague too, close to like Palatske Honamisti. Oh,
0: it's right in the city center, basically. Yeah,
1: and then we moved to like, I guess, closer to the city center, which is great. We were, we we're in a really nice location now um, inside of the Mosaic House. Mm. Uh, right in uh, those story. guys
0: you, you guys who are listening to to this uh and, um, because um, yeah uh, surprisingly i have listeners all over the world and mm-hmm. those of you who come to Prague, you got to check out Slee's restaurant it's great and actually that's how we met because um mm-hmm. yeah. uh i came on new years yeah uh, with that's my right. girlfriend and a friend and we we started chatting and then uh yeah i realized that you can talk so <laughs> yeah it was a good night it was yeah.
1: uh, it was real busy yeah uh, we had a great new years night so um and from what i remember it was a yeah it was a, was a great was a fun food, evening
0: food was good the wine was good yeah beer was good mm-hmm. uh, but how how is it like because you know like uh, yeah classic question i guess you know how is it how has it been during covid you know because it's mm-hmm. kind of up and down you right
1: yeah sure um so we actually when we moved into the mosaic house it was uh right in the beginning of 2020 so we kind of like uh, signed all the contracts and everything for January, started the construction, and we were planning on opening in March. And we had basically completed our construction and had one day of business, and uh, and then we got shut down from everything. No. So it was pretty, pretty awesome. I don't know if the timing was good or bad or what, but like... Mm. Um, it gave us an opportunity to refine while we were closed, so um, and take some time to really work on details. Mm. So it wasn't so rushed, but it was also, you know, we we felt like it was a complete disaster at the time because mm. try to open up a new place after yeah <laughs> investing a bunch of money on the interior and things like that. So,
0: but uh, how how, but, but then you know because this is you know say like March. 2020 you know like uh, that's early days and since then Mm -hmm. it's kind of been you know sometimes there are lockdowns or sometimes it's closed sometimes you can do this sometimes and it's very confusing I mean like here they go back and forth with the rules so you don't know and what I feel I don't know I mean I'm I'm not an expert in in Castro but I could imagine that people just don't want to even bother going out, do, do you know what I mean? If you Sometimes you need to show your past, sometimes you need to wear a mask, sometimes, uh-huh. you, you know
1: what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It confuses people, right? Yeah, it's um and it's tough because uh, gastronomy, restaurants and um, pubs are kind of the first to have to deal with most of these um, restrictions and rules and stuff like that, so it's, just, it's difficult. Mm. But I guess we just try to stay up to date, figure out what we're supposed to be doing and mm. Try to follow the rules. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I, I, uh, yeah, I. Uh, but you, I guess you do a lot of deliveries also. I mean, it's not just all people coming in in and
1: eat. We we did, especially when we were closed. Um, we would do. Uh, we work with Walt. Um, we had Uber Eats for like two days, and then they were also. They went out of business here <laughs> in Prague, so uh, you know it was it was a it was an interesting transition to figure out like how to drum up business, mm. um, like you know through takeaways and deliveries. So we had to figure that out because we hadn't really done it so much before.
2: Mm.
1: We don't do it as much now, but you know.
0: And but your the stuff that you are serving is
1: it doesn't travel very well, right? It, that's the thing. So we we would only the th- stuff that would travel well like you know we expect it to be 15-20 minutes or whatever from our kitchen to the door maybe Mm. longer who knows but um most of the stuff that we do uh for the takeaways kind of work pretty well with that Mm. but there's a few dishes that we exclude from our takeaway or delivery menu because it just wouldn't It wouldn't work out, and this is the thing. Like you know,
0: you can send the McDonald's to the moon; it will be the same when it arrives there. You know, (laughs) but then then when you take a restaurant like yours, this is kind of like a high class. I mean, you guys have a Michelin. uh, You're in the Michelin book, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: We just got uh, we just got in the Michelin guide, which is great news for us. Mm. But um, that's all part of the the whole deal, is because we want people to be in the restaurant to have the experience and Uh, uh, the atmosphere and the whole thing. Yeah, the atmosphere and like because it's it's we try to make it very. Casual and lighthearted and fun and uh, comfortable mm. for everybody. So, mm. you know, it's a little bit difficult to. It hurts us to put everything into a box and yeah, and send it and send it away.
0: Yeah, uh, the the menu or like the inspiration that uh, it's Asian I a mean, bit, but any specific Asian or is it like a sure.
1: fusion or, or? Yeah, it's a bit of fusion, I suppose. But um, uh, my partner Neilman, he's from Bali, mm-hmm. and we've been cooking together for a real long time, pretty much since we've both been in Prague, so about like the last 13 years or so. Mm. And um, uh, we've always kind of complemented each other in the kitchen. Uh, so we're able to kind of balance ideas back and forth. So these ideas kind of come out of um, both of our histories and backgrounds. And uh, a lot of it is inspired by family dishes mm. and things that we grew up with. So
0: he brought the what how do you say balinese or balinese, yeah, balinese mm-hmm, yeah, yeah and what did you bring to the table?
1: um, I brought some taiwanese mm. um dishes and things that I also grew up eating in the states in the u s so mm. I grew up in Colorado mm. and we had um a pretty uh let's say diverse restaurants around there so mm. so i even you know i grew up eating tacos and burritos and pizza and uh, our local. Chinese yeah, restaurant, yeah. everything, so, um, you know, I'm no stranger to um, McDonald's that goes to the moon and back, yeah. <laughs> you know, I had a few birthday parties there growing up, when yeah. I was a kid even. With Ronald McDonald. Yeah, he was there, yeah. he was there, he was terrifying. Strangely, he's in every birthday. <laughs> yeah, they phased him out, he's like, he he doesn't exist, he's not part of the too anymore. Too much of a Piro or? or I, think, I think he was just too scary. Yeah? Mm-hmm.
0: But actually, he was scary. I mean, yeah. like the whole thing. I mean, but you could have maybe made him less scary. You, you didn't necessarily have to fade him. I, I'm sure they have something to hide there. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's he was got, stealing drugs on the got side or some something. Dark, yeah. dark secrets yeah. for sure. That
1: Ronald McDonald.
0: But uh, so you say, yeah, you're born in in Denver, Colorado, right? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And but the
1: family is the background is Taiwanese. Exactly. So m- both of my parents are from Taiwan, and they they immigrated to. Uh, Colorado in the 70s mm-hmm. and um, they started working uh, my dad's sister had first immigrated uh, her his older sister and so she went to school in California at Berkeley and then moved um, to Colorado later on and started a family there and everything so a lot of my father's side of the family uh, immigrated around that time and we sort of just why but just Opportunities, uh, yeah, opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. as soon as my parents got married, they basically just decided to go to the states, and like continue on some education, started working, and just tried to carve out a little piece of their own.
2: Hmm.
0: And how? But how? I mean, t- Taiwan. I've been in Taiwan once. I, I wasn't there for long, just like three days or something. But mm-hmm. it's not like a Denver, Colorado thing.
1: It's a very, no. diff- very different <laughs> not thing. Not at all. Yeah. No, I mean Taiwan is um, pretty super urbanized. Yeah. Um, a lot of past influences are there, but mm. it's it's still kind of um, uh, somewhat westernized Asian country mm. in a lot of ways. Kind of a business gateway. Yeah, um, in the way how Singapore is, or mm. maybe even um, Macau, or yeah, Hong Kong, or Hong Kong was, mm. or even Japan. You know, so it used to be um, under Japanese occupation pre-World War Two, and all that stuff. So it was um, a lot of different, um, let's say, occupiers in Taiwan. Mm.
0: But how and how so your parents go, go there in the in the 70s? I mean, empty handed or, or are they from money or, or how,
1: how no. where do they come from? Um, you know, some savings to come to get over. Both of my parents were as teachers before they moved. Mm. Um, and they met in school and basically moved over with the idea of, um, finding work and things like that. So my dad had a, uh, physics background Mm. and then studied computer science at CU Boulder, where I also went to school. And, uh, after he graduated that, he found a job at AT AT&T. Mm. along with um a lot of my aunts and uncles who also came over. Mhm. But
0: uh, so this is not like rich parents in Taiwan sent their kids with a suitcase full of money to Denver
1: and No, I wish maybe that way I could You get some get, of a, it. get a cut of that but yeah. like, um no they 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 came over with the intention of um you know really working at it and and making a life. And, and back then it was um it was a good time to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, a lot of days.
0: opportunities and Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: sure. Because
0: I'm, I'm just always curious about these people that, that live with nothing somehow. Or, or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, yeah. I mean, I often think about it. Like, uh, if I, if I had nothing, I would probably rather stay at home mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. at least I would have, you know, my family or parents or, sure. or you know the language mm-hmm. and the culture and all that. And then you have people that do this. They, they kind of they, they leave everything behind, and mm-hmm. not to go and be in a luxurious Airbnb. Drinking margaritas, you know, Mm -hmm. they go to work. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, but 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 what was it bleak? What was the outlook bleak in in Taiwan? I mean, like.
1: I don't think it was bleak, but um, I I think you know, I think it was just more opportunity. Mm -hmm. There's a a better chance at success. American dream. Yeah, exactly. It was the American dream. So, uh, but they had a lot of uh, family support, you know. Mm -hmm. So my dad's uh, sister first came. And then basically the entire uh, my my entire father's side, including uh, my grandparents, came all to pretty much Colorado. Uh-huh. So growing up, I had a lot of you know extended family nearby. Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what kind of kid were you? You're the only child, right? Yeah, that's it. So you're really spoiled. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm the best and the worst, oldest and youngest. So yeah. like, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I had a I had a good childhood, you know, um, but I remember. You know, we didn't have everything growing up for sure. I, you know, summertime, I would spend it with my mom and she'd have part-time jobs cleaning apartments or um, things like that. She'd take me and drag me out to all the local garage sales and I was miserable because was, it was so boring for me. But mm. she basically furnished our, our whole place with uh, secondhand stuff, mm. you know, so we, we were able to save some money doing that. Mm. And, um, but you were poor, but you didn't really feel poor, though. I mean, you. D- d- no, I, we, I really did feel that uh-huh. you know we had everything, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. You know, nothing was missing, really. Yeah, you know, mm. and I, I had a really happy and healthy childhood. I'd yeah, say. Yeah. Um, but it's just looking back and realizing that, like, oh no, we weren't like eating out all the time or like buying the nicest stuff or going on expensive vacations. You know, we'd mm. like take a road trip to the national parks, yeah. you know, once once a year or something like that. Uh, Well, that was great. That was all we needed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And
0: I mean, I I guess also the expectations that we had as kids are maybe different than kids have today. Yeah. You know, we weren't exposed to the same stuff, you know? Yeah, I guess guess at the
1: same time, I didn't know what was actually out there, so it felt like we had everything, you know? But, uh, you know, it was was a really happy childhood. It Mm. was like um, my parents bought a house in uh, Broomfield, Colorado, and it was like a a very... uh, up-and-coming sort of city it was like suburban Mm. uh area and that's where we bought a house so actually my parents got a house and my dad's sister got a house right next door so Mm -hmm. and they had kids as well so yeah so i had a couple cousins living uh next door so that's where Uh uh, and how but how is it like uh, because
0: i mean asian immigration in the u.s isn't it's nothing new i mean we're but was there a lot of Asians in the in the area there? Or, or so yeah, in
1: Broomfield, there was none when I was growing up. Like you were the in, only one. Yeah, between me and my cousin, or uh-huh. uh, the entire neighborhood, it was us. And then you know a few years later down the road there would be other families moving in and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But um, in in grade school when I first went to school, it was. Uh, I, I didn't realize it was just I was pretty much the only Asian kid. Mm-hmm.
0: But how and how did that feel? I mean, did you?
1: Even pay, or did you pay attention to it or it was hard to realize I guess you know later on maybe when you get um, teased or something like that at school then you realize like oh okay I guess I'm a bit different than uh, mm-hmm. some of these kids that are here it was I mean predominantly white mm. um, so uh, yeah I mean I remember one of my best friends now even to this day he we met in the local, uh, fast food place, a Wendy's and he's just like pointing at me because uh, you know, I was a different kid mm-hmm. but then like you know our parents introduced us and then we ended up being in some of the same classes together so that's uh, And you're still friends today? Yeah, yeah He actually came to Prague years ago Uh-huh <laughs> well.
0: but, And um,
1: you told me you were in music something. You were you were Uh yeah. <laughs> so um growing up I was um put in violin classes. Put put in. Put in, exactly. Uh-huh. I wasn't it wasn't like, hey, do you wanna play the violin? Yeah, it's gets you all years? the girls. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> that's what gets you. Girls put me in the violin school. <laughs> yeah. It was actually like girl repellent at the time, so um <laughs> but um uh, and I, I, I really resented it at the time, you know, because I was, like, forced to um, practice every day, you know, like, 30 minutes, turn the timer on, like, you're going to practice this violin for at least 30 minutes today. So, and then we... Uh, the ti-
0: like an egg boiler timer or something? Like, like that. an egg timer. Uh-huh. So
1: it was just, like, you just wait for that thing to ding and then, like, okay, now I can go play with my friends or whatever. But, um, but for 30 minutes, you know, my parents had to put up with me screeching on this violin and it was but was it for years or i mean yeah it was from uh, from uh, when i was about five mm. and right up until i finished high school so like 17 18 mm-hmm. but um now i'm really happy that i had that background i don't play anymore i probably stopped playing since i was about 18 mm. um, but i uh, picked up a few other instruments as guitar well. guitar or something yeah or? some other stringed instruments guitar uh-huh. some of the mandolin try to try to learn the banjo
0: why? Why did they want want you to play violin? What's the was there an ambition that you became a musician or just was it just to get rid of you for half an hour a day?
1: You know, I, it. At times it felt like it. They're like, oh, you're you're. That's what it was. Like you're gonna be a famous concert violinist someday. Mm. And I was like, well, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could <laughs> I'm <gonna> do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I was I was decent, but like, um, you know, just. Uh, by comparison to some of the best out there I could already tell that it was just like there's no way I could Mm. compete you know against some of these people but it was it was it was a good experience looking back on it but at the time it was I was miserable
0: (laughs) yeah I remember there was a kid on my street that 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 um, yeah I had a feeling that he was forced to, to to play violin and he he suffered. We made him suffer on the street <laughs> as well, you know. Because when we saw him with a violin bag, you know that that yeah. then we went after yeah, him. Exactly. You know, you don't want
1: to be with a violin bag. <laughs> no, you don't. No. I'd leave mine at school all the time. To yeah. be like oh, I forgot it. <laughs> Can't practice today. Sorry, mom. <laughs> I I, 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 went, I went traveled with a
0: guitar bag. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's great.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a different
0: game. Yeah, I w- that's I why I
1: picked up the guitar and yeah, put the violin yeah. down for a little while. I was like, yeah, I don't know. This is. It's just not working.
0: <laughs> yeah, if there's any parents out there that that are considering torturing their kids with a violin, then at least let them carry the violin and the
1: guitar pack. Yeah, or get a piano. Yeah, you know, no one's gonna haul a piano around. That's <laughs> what my cousin got to do. But uh, yeah, I had. But a, is
0: that an Asian thing? Like you know that the kids study some or have it, something or.
1: It, it is um, uh, predominantly like. Um, especially in in Taiwanese families, like mm-hmm. we there we were we belonged in like this. Um, it was like the Taiwanese Association in Colorado, mm. and um, so it was kind of a, a bit of a network of of Taiwanese Americans that are like either recently immigrated and you know. So I grew up with a lot of um, Taiwanese kids in the area who had kind of the same similar experiences. So I think that was kind of the reason also that. A lot of us were put in it, so it's like, well, you know, the Shays down in Denver, mm. their daughter is um, a concert pianist at yeah. 10 years old uh, playing concerts. So and it, like it
0: becomes a little bit of a competition.
1: Kind of, and, and just sort of like a maybe a standard. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just all. it's really common though.
0: Is it r- racist when I say, Asia, is it an Asian thing and I don't see Tha- I say Taiwanese?
1: Well, I mean, I guess we uh, we want to differentiate because I don't know what parts of Asia we're talking about necessarily. Mm. It could be yeah, yeah. Like but I don't know if it's a Vietnamese it's thing. Yeah, you know. but it could be Kyrgyzstan. You know, it's yeah. that's Asia. You know, <laughs> all the Kyrgyzstan kids at home. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they didn't play violin or piano. They were all um, <laughs> they were all drummers. Yeah, they so were drinking. Cooler.
0: They they eat horse meat and drink horse milk. So <laughs> yeah. That's what they do. They were much cooler than us, though. Yeah, I I. Uh, uh, and that's the thing actually with Asia is that it's such a humongous area mm-hmm. and it covers such diverse, much more diverse cultures than I think we kind of think of when we think Asia, because sure. when we think Asia, we think, you know, China, Japan, Taiwan, mm-hmm. Thailand, mm-hmm. Vietnam. But actually, you know, you got Kazakhstan, you have, you know, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan sure. and all this. This is all Asia. And this is totally, this is a whole different ballgame, you know? Yeah. Of course. Uh, so it's a it's an interesting thing. Anyway, so... Um,
1: sports, school. Yeah, well, I, w- I was... Um, uh, in high school, I was a high performer, let's mm. say. Did a lot of um, activities and things like that. Um, Try to involve myself as much as possible in, in different activities as possible. So, yeah, I mean, I was in student government, the newspaper... Um, the orchestra, obviously, uh, sounds really like you were, um, like a good kid. Like, uh, I was a nerd. I was a total nerd. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't want to say it, <laughs> you know, still am, but, um, uh, so, but it, it, it got me into a lot of, um, social groups, mm-hmm. which was, you know, great for me at the time. I, I met a lot of, uh, people through that, so. And did I you have a goal like you wanted to become something special or or not at the time I I, I really just wanted to try everything out mm. um see what I liked mm. and I you know just I guess I was encouraged to get as much you know different experiences as possible so
0: And there was no like you know you were not supposed to become a doctor or a lawyer or some you know or engineer or whatever you know like there wasn't like a by path the,
1: By the time I was like 16 or 17 I think my parents realized that wasn't happening but like maybe before that there was like the the push or the hope for it you Mm. know um you know i had a lot of interest in in the sciences and things like that and i was pretty good in some of these classes but i I didn't make the marks to go to you know harvard med or anything like that Mm. so i went to the local university just down the road so Mm. it was a little bit easier for me
2: yeah yeah
0: but but is that like um Often get the feeling that, like, uh, let's say, the the children of the first immigration generation, the the mm-hmm. children of them, they get they get an insane pressure mm-hmm. to kind mm-hmm. of. I mean, I don't know. And your it sounds like with your parents that they kind of had a. I mean, they didn't come in and go, rock bottom. You know, like they they, mm-hmm. they, they you know AT and T. I mean, I guess that was a decent career. You know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So. But I, I often have the feeling that when you when you meet children of immigrants, you know the like, yeah, the first generation that is born in the country, actually, that they, they kind of, they are born with that pressure that you need to outperform us somehow. Yeah,
1: yeah, I it, I think that was heavily ingrained into all of us. Um, mm-hmm. And, and um, I don't know, it's tough to. I mean, there's such a heavy. Um, what do you call? Emphasis on mm. education, mm. right? So, you know, just do well in school, study, 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 and succeed. Mm-hmm. Go out there and succeed. Mm. Um, so when I went to university, I went for international business. But it was also my first year with um, sort of freedom. So I was living in the dorms and I was, you know, having a good time. Mm-hmm. So I failed out of my first year of university. Pretty quickly. And um, so how had to make that up the rest of the time I was in school for university. I, I barely finished. I dropped out twice mm. before I actually finished. What did you graduate with? A degree in uh, English literature. So <laughs> I had to switch to arts and sciences because I couldn't get back into the business school. And then, um, yeah, so I, I, I kind of scraped by with uh, with an English literature degree. Don't ask me anything about English literature because I don't really know. <laughs> That's why, you know, I cook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an obvious it's a really good basic education for, for a chef. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Most chefs have to go through that. <laughs> but
0: uh um but how is it how was it then like, you know, uh, when you drop out, like for example, there was no you know, I don't know, you were not punished for it or like you or you failed the family or you're not making us proud. Oh I you. mean I I mean I, you I,
1: drop the violin, you drop out of school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt it. I I was uh, like, I was even reluctant to tell my parents for a little while. So it was just about like, the violin or the school. School, mm-hmm. you know, just like I dropped out. Not because I dropped out, because I failed out essentially. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. had to like, I had to take night classes just to get back into the you know, regular part of the university. So I had to like make it all up. Um, so that was a tough pill for my parents to swallow and they're like oh you're not doing business school anymore what are you gonna do I'm like i don't know english and (laughs) they're like like like, really okay you but you speak english (laughs) (laughs) can you speak it better maybe um so yeah that's what i went for and um
0: uh, but But do you think it helped you in this that you were the only child do you know what i mean that there wasn't someone outperforming you
1: I, you know i don't know if if i had like a either like a younger sibling that like oh but at least we yeah, yeah. <laughs> still got this other kid yeah. <laughs> um I, I don't know so it's it's hard to say but but i'm i'm really thankful cuz my both of my parents um supported me regardless mm-hmm. in the end mm-hmm. um so I, I was really afraid of uh disappointing them at some point but yeah i think they were they were totally fine with um uh, my life choices, eventually. Mm. Mm. But um,
0: I mean, talking about uh, immigration and immigrants, like it's it's a. Uh, before we met, I I was reading a little bit up on you know like how, immig- immigrants from from Asia. Now I just categorize them all in one mm-hmm. bowl again. But anyway, uh, they they have actually they outperform everybody. Like mm-hmm. if you look at average household income. Asian households have a higher average income than any other household in the states, mm-hmm. um, even the whites, the privileged ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, uh, higher education: fifty percent of Asians have a, a college degree or a higher education, mm-hmm. and you know twenty-five percent of whites, and I don't remember ten percent of blacks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Hispanics are even lower. So it's 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 and it's actually really really interesting because if we look at the background of of Asian immigration to the states, it's not—it's not a beautiful story.
1: No, historically, no. It's
0: horrible, actually. Yeah, and yeah. like much more horrible than I realized because, you know, they yeah they they said as you told me, they, in the storybooks they said you know they built the railroads, but no, they were they were slaves.
1: Yeah, well, the, a lot of people died, mm. you know, doing it, and it was um, backbreaking, grueling work, and um, you know, it was it was made to be an opportunity for um, Chinese immigrants back in like the late 1800s to come and um, help build a country. Mm-hmm. So um, there was the allure of that, but you know, as soon as they got to the U S it wasn't like a uh, integration or anything. It was no. like, you, you know, keep to your own and just do the work. And um, and there are some, I it. mean, and there are uh, in, in history, there are some atrocities.
0: I mean, like the, there was a, I remember they called it the California Massacre or San Francisco Massacre or something like that, the mm-hmm. where, where they killed Asians mm-hmm. in I don't know 1900. There's the the biggest ever lynching mm-hmm. is when I don't know who, but somebody was lynching Asian people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was um it was the Yellow Peril.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what it was called back in the day. So what it, what, what does that like? It, it was just kind of the the general sentiment that um you know Asians were. You know foreign you know outsiders, barbaric people that would eat dogs and rats and whatever mm. um and and that was you know they were taking jobs away from the average American and it was uh, a way to put um, these immigrants on the outside mm. and you know discrimination and racism ensues after that mm. and then. Well in
0: the after after Pearl Harbor I mean then they they built those camps. I mean they put Asian people in camps. Yeah, the N- 19 what is that? 40
1: I mean uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess since the 40, 44 45. since the 40s it must have started. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think as soon as Japan basically entered the war. Yeah. Um Japanese internment camps started to pop up and that even happened in Colorado from what I understand. So a mm-hmm. lot of um you know, hardworking Japanese farmers who owned the land, they just got um, locked up, sometimes even on their own land, just because they set up a camp. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, That's pretty dark.
0: Yeah, but is this something that you learn about in school there?
1: I mean, like, do you... You know, it's touched on, you know, especially in, like, a high school history class. It's not really, um, you know, maybe you spend half a day on it or something like that. I don't really remember Mm -hmm. speaking too much about it especially like Asian-American history. It's mm-hmm. just not taught.
0: That's interesting because, I mean, you've had immigration from Asia, as you said, too, from late 1800s. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people and from a lot of different countries, you know, like you know, China, Japan,
1: Philippines. Sure, yeah.
0: A- everywhere, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there were, it started, you know, uh, from what I understand, I'm not a... Um, not historically, I No, you're on English, this, English literature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a history <laughs> history major. Even if I was, I wouldn't still wouldn't remember. But um, you know, from what I understand it was um the Chinese were allowed mm. to come to work on the railroads and then um uh some then there was the exclusion act. I think that was in the eighteen hundreds or eighteen eighties or something like that. Um and then after that, uh Japanese and Koreans were able to come. Um, and they would sort of fill the gaps um, that the the Chinese no longer were able to come. And then later, even after that, there was also stoppage from there. And I think um, Filipinos would jump in and then, you know, gradually uh, different groups would come, different um, uh, people would fill in these gaps. But it was... Um, and mean, always into the low low end of yeah, the market, it you know it what I, I mean? It was like, yeah... <laughs> It was mm. always going to be labor jobs and um, things like that.
0: But it's it's really interesting to 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 then think about why, you know, wh- what is it that that then makes the the dissentence of of some of those people, mm-hmm. some of the most successful people in the U.S., mm-hmm. you know, but financially education, but what. I don't know. Is there a cultural thing? Is there something you know? I think it's partially cultural,
1: uh, like um, especially also in the era that my parents came, like in the in the eighties, let's yeah. say. Um, you know, economy is doing well. They they put a heavy heavy influence on getting an education and higher education. Mm. You know, um, and that's what led to success. That's what it was. It was you finish school. Get a degree, get a master's degree, get a good job, then you buy a house, then you get a family, and that's how it. It worked, mm. you know. If you worked in, um,
0: but why doesn't it work for everybody? Why doesn't it work for the Latino immigrant?
1: Uh, I mean, I I assume that it could, but I don't know if there's as much of a em- emphasis on education or mm. something like that. Um, but also, some of these families came from. Educated backgrounds in their home country. Yeah, yeah, I so. read that.
0: Actually, also that that mm-hmm. that, that that what what a lot a lot of immigrants that came to the states from from Asian countries they were they actually came from higher up mm-hmm. back home mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and therefore maybe with a different mindset and and a little bit better support and better better let's say base.
1: Sure. Uh. Well. Even both of my parents, they, um, pretty much all of their siblings, uh, everyone has minimum a college degree, Mm -hmm. but their parents didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, um, my father's side of the family was pretty poor, but that's why they put a heavy influence on education. They're, Mm -hmm. they're just like, you got to go to school, Mm. then you can get a job and do whatever you want. Mm. So i think it was even the previous generation had had that ingrained and mm. um just to learn your books and mm. succeed yeah um
0: but how did like so when you, when you were growing up and, and and um did you feel somehow was it somehow different for you i don't know did you Feel more pushed from your parents than your friends had from their parents. You know, that do you, I don't know. Did you somehow see this around you that okay,
1: we are, we are. There is more expectation here, or, or uh, in some ways, yeah. Mm. Um, most of the, for one thing, most of the people that my parents would were friends with were in that Taiwanese association, so it was more like other Taiwanese families. But then I'd be going to school with you know, anyone friends from town. Oh. So it would be, you know, anybody. So I would, you know, be at their places and, um, it, it was just sort of a, I guess a different dynamic. I noticed that like their parents weren't like <laughs> forcing them to play violin for 45 <laughs> minutes a day or <laughs> something like yeah. that. So, um, but it it was different, but it was just a different, mm. uh perspective, I guess. Mm. Um, so I guess I, I kind of saw, different parts of it and um, try to embrace the best parts of everything, I guess. Mm.
0: Yeah, because, I, I don't know, I I, I I, noticed this also in Iceland. I mean, we we didn't have a lot of foreigners coming there, uh, but uh, those mm-hmm. who came, I always felt that their parents were more strict than my parents. Mm-hmm. It was always like they had to do their homework. They, uh, th- It's I, I, almost... Got the feeling that the parents were thinking we gotta keep our nose clean. We gotta, you know, we gotta yeah. stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. We don't want to get into trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and so a lot of these these kids were from, you know, parents were very talented. They came, I don't know, to teach gymnastics or something in school, you know, some advanced science or something like that. But mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I always had the feeling that there was so much more discipline.
1: Yeah, I. That's one thing that I didn't really have <laughs> growing up was the discipline.
0: Uh, you're the only child, so yeah, I guess so. So I mean,
1: shining star, <laughs> something like that. But, um, uh, but in general, yeah, a lot of my friends, they uh, Taiwanese friends, they they had that discipline. Even some of my cousins and mm. um, part of their upbringing. I think I think my parents probably recognize how how much pressure they could put on me. Until you so would break, yeah. They yeah, wouldn't so put I, too much, yeah. yeah. So I think they realized that, like, you know, oh. maybe too much, and you know, like, should enjoy himself a bit, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just different. Do you think that they time. had
0: like a pillow talk? Okay, he's not gonna turn out as a violent. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: yeah, I'm sure they did. <laughs> yeah. they must have.
0: We gotta t- tune in our expectations here. Yeah, they're like, did we
1: drop him on his yeah. head when he was a kid or something? I don't know.
0: <laughs> but uh, but uh, um, I'm dropping my microphone here. Let me let me do a little yeah. break. Okay, so we're back now after I fixed my microphone. Um, so Lee, it sounds like you know, like. Um, I mean, you you had
1: a pretty cool yeah. time growing up, right? Mm, I mean, and an, largely positive experiences, mm. you know.
0: And how is Denver? I mean, is is Denver and Colorado uh, these are these very mixed race places, or I mean, how 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 is uh, it?
1: They, yeah, I'd say so, um, especially today. Mm. Um, uh, as far as I know, the majority of, um, the Asian population uh, are in the West. Mm-hmm. So California, obviously, um, and right up and through, uh, the Midwest is where just about 50% um, of why, all.
0: Why, why is that? Why do you think that uh, is? I'm not
1: sure exactly. I think it's just where, where they started a going lot of or, settled, oh. you know, um, like you would think places like New York would have more, but it's, it's definitely, mm-hmm it's definitely california right so there's you know san francisco that's got a huge asian population um but all, it's all spotted all over the all over the midwest mm-hmm. even the south mm-hmm. you know
0: and now like you know like if i you know listening to you describing
1: were you r- racially abused somehow i mean or, or it- i wouldn't say abused i mean you know i, I was i was teased heavily Mm. and um, was basically taught to either shrug it off or, um, I mean, I guess the way I dealt with it was to perform somehow, you know? Get popular, be mm. cool with everybody. Mm. So I, I got into, like, a lot of different social groups going out. Like up. the school magazine, you know, and these kind of things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, um, I just tried to, you know, make it in a way so that I was not considered an outsider mm. try to fit in mm. you know mm.
0: but but uh, like but n- in no way it, did it affect your opportunity somehow or or or, or, or like school wise or work wise or anything like that or uh, how 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 does that work i mean is it you mean are you an outsider to the extent that they would keep you away from getting something or are you just an outsider in a way that okay it's hard to you to make friends or or I don't know you know
1: yeah i mean um i guess later in life you realize maybe it's um i don't know hard to say uh, you're treated as an outsider when it comes to certain things let's mm-hmm. say you know you're you know you're allowed this and that but um there's there's some kind of line that you're not allowed to cross somehow. If you succeed in a certain way or whatever, I'm trying to think of an example and I can't. Yeah, because
0: I mean, but, but as, as as some of those facts that I looked up, you know, like the income and the education. Mm-hmm. I mean, for for me, it looks like people of of Asian background are fucking smashing it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. through the roof. You know, like they are just outperforming everybody else, mm-hmm. and. And I'm, I, and then at the same time, I, you know, you hear Asian hate, stop Asian hate, you, you, and you, and you, and I read the history and I see, okay, shit, people have actually been treated like shit, you know, like yeah, sure, uh, I mean, at some point through throughout history, everybody was treated as shit somewhere, you know, like yeah, uh, that, that's mm-hmm. just that seems to be some sort of a carousel that goes around, mm-hmm. and now it's a Western Empire that treats everyone like shit, and after a thousand years, will be someone treating us like shit, mm-hmm, mm. uh, but. Um, I don't know, I mean, if and and what you just said, how did you react? You didn't give up, you didn't go whining about it, right? You just kept on going,
1: yeah, I mean, that's th- that was the only way that we were taught to do, you know, by the parents
0: then or or sure, yeah,
1: it's just like, oh, well, like you're having a tough time, but like just hit the books and mm. you know. It'll be okay in the future. Hit the violin. Hit <laughs> the violin.
0: Hit the fucking violin. <laughs> <laughs> Man. No, no. But what do you think about this? Like, because I mean, especially now, there's a lot of dialogue about racism in general. Mm-hmm. And 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 we were chatting here a little bit before we started recording. And and for me, like, uh, most important thing is to create equal opportunity. Then people just have to kind of perform, you know, or, mm-hmm. or you know, take care of themselves and. Um and we can never remove that um mm-hmm. necessity to to actually do something to get something. I, I think then we are not humans anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it look in your eyes? And now now also you have the luxury of kind of having moved away.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um uh that's that's one thing I like about um the Czech Republic is that um largely you can do people don't really get in your business here and, and, and don't, um, uh, necessarily attack you for any, Mm. you know, non-reasons or anything like that. Um, just in recent, let's say recent years, there's just been an uptick in all of these, um, Asian hate crimes in the U.S. Early, you know, they're more publicized Mm. and it's, um, it's hard to see.
0: How is that? What's an Asian hate crime? I mean, what, what, what typifies that? Or you know what I mean? What's
1: the, sure. Well, it's, um, uh, you know, elderly Asians are being targeted by whoever It could Mm. be anybody, but you know, they're getting spat on, pushed on the ground, um, told to go back to their country and all this. And it's, what prompted this? It could be this, you know, Corona, Mm um it's it was blamed on china and then so anyone who looks this, remotely yeah. chinese is going to be taking hate for it somehow mm. and um you know if, if someone's going to be calling it the china flu the kung flu mm. then it's 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 basically allowing for this kind of mindset to happen so yeah. so so you think think it's got worse Sure, yeah, I mean just recently the some woman just got shoved into uh in New York City mm. she just got shoved into the subway line yeah i saw I saw you know? something about that and um so the I, you know I don't whether that was racially motivated, I don't know, but um when in Atlanta there was a shooting mm. and there were like you know th- they were targeting uh massage parlors mm-hmm. they killed uh i don't know six korean women or something like that i can't remember mm. but um you know when when the headlines first came out it, the, it was like the guy was having a real bad day mm-hmm. was like really <laughs> <laughs> it was it's just awful it's mm-hmm. like okay it's not, not really a mm. you know targeted attack but
0: the, it, but so the so it wouldn't be like that that it's jealousy or, 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 I mean, it's it's not like, oh, they are so successful, those idiots, they're taking all
1: our money. It's, it's not like that. I I don't know, mm. you know, to be honest. But you never felt something like this? Personally, no. Mm. I mean, I, I, I've never been and You didn't see that
0: in, in Denver. I mean, it's, but Denver is like a redneck state, right?
1: Uh, I mean, there's parts of the state uh, that are. Mm. Denver and the area is, is pretty, John pretty modern. John Denver. John Denver, that's yeah. right. <laughs> right <laughs> so
0: but but this was not something that you would see there in 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 your kind of near neighborhoods or or areas
1: um I, it i'm sh- i'm sure it existed mm. you know i just didn't see it so often maybe because i led a sheltered life but um you know i knew it was definitely there mm. but we also
0: what, what is different now is that um uh, this incident that you mentioned about the woman and the train mm mm-hmm. 20 years ago, we would never have heard about it. This is
1: true. I mean, so even there's the there's um, uh Vincent Chin. Mm. I don't know if you read about him, but he was um, it was I believe in Detroit mm. back in eighty two or something, and um, he was just beaten to death, like baseball bats or something, uh, by two white guys, and they were screaming like, you know, it's because of. Guys like you that were losing all of our jobs, this and that, mm. beat' them to death, uh the judge gave them probation and like a three thousand dollar fine they're mm. still out, they're still free, yeah, yeah, and it's um uh, that's horrible, mm. you know, and that's not something that's commonly known mm. you know that was um that was a we George, would all know Floyd we, yeah, incident, yeah you know? we would
0: have known that today, oh yeah if if because of media and social media and all sure. that i mean yeah. the virality of everything mm-hmm. but but sometimes i don't know i mean i i sometimes have a feeling that that we kind of slap a race race label on it mm-hmm. because it's it sells in some way like mm-hmm. it it's it's um um yeah i don't know i'm uh, it's easy for me to say it you know like i i i don't get I, I don't know I don't get racially abused I just get like this traditional xenophobia and 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 something like that and mm-hmm. so I, I, you know it's hard for me to judge you know do you know what I mean like I haven't lived that life so I I don't know exactly how it is but but I I don't know I just get get this feeling because if I look at like yeah if I look uh, a lot of the the kind of financial or what do you say success statistics point to a direction that there are opportunities for those who want, mm-hmm. and uh, and the system. And now, now I think we're talking about yeah, primarily maybe the the U.S. The system allows you if you if you work hard, you know, like you know, the American dream is still there somehow, mm-hmm, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Um, but th- that's the um, uh, we were mentioning it earlier. Like, uh, there's the the idea of the model minority, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. um, Asians kind of fit in in that way. So that's how they're kind of accepted. They're the insiders because they perform well. They keep their head down. They don't, uh, let's say, commit crimes all the time or something. Um, but that's also uh, part of the reason, let's say, immigrants from, um, let's say, Latin America, um, who are probably, depending on where they are, maybe more targeted for uh, by law enforcement for whatever reason. Mm-hmm so it's it's hard to mm. really put a pin on it mm. I, I think um you know asian americans probably share in some kind of advantage when it comes to some of these systems but um, what advantage would that be i mean what what do you think i mean just that uh, they let's say allowed to get an education or mm. or a higher education mm. i think they probably if you look at um you know, performance scores for, like, Ivy League schools. Mm. Um, it's heavily Asian, especially mm. in the STEM careers, like science and technology, right? Mm. Um, but... And English literature. And <laughs> English literature, yeah. I didn't exactly get a scholarship for that, but... Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... Um,
0: but do you think they're being favored then because they... I don't know, because they are easier to deal with, there's going to be less trouble, or whatever... I, I, do you know what I mean? Or, yeah, or I
1: I don't know. I don't think mm-hmm. it's that necessarily. Um, I, I don't know. No, yeah. neither, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> Wish but I had the, an answer. Yeah,
0: but we we had like yeah we, we you know America is just off off of having probably uh, yeah the most controversial president ever, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, Agent Orange. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he he. Uh, do you think that he has amplified this do you know what i mean like this and and the whole dialogue got worse or or did he speak to some radical part that
1: yeah i think he um um i think exploited it probably in 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 his own way right mm. i mean he's very polarizing when he speaks and um his beliefs and his rhetoric and everything so it was I don't know. It was hard to watch for mm. sure. I'd mm. never watched. I never really followed much American politics. And then when he came into office, I was like glued mm. to what was going on. Cause it was just, it was insane. Mm. I could not believe what was going on, but um, he, I think he definitely really polarized everything. Mm. And so it was either one or the other. And it's hard to tread the middle ground anymore.
0: But uh, some people would say that that already started without him, or you—you mm-hmm. you know what I mean—that yeah. it's kind sure. of was, because I think we have a lot of contributing factors here, like you know, social media, echo yeah. chambers, and all—all yeah, yeah. all, all, all this division somehow. That's
1: why I'm saying he kind of, you know, maybe didn't create it, but he and definitely exploited. Uh-huh. You know, he just found that and was able to, um, you know, really put it to his own use, mm. and it worked. You know, mm-hmm. probably still is working. Mm-hmm. So it's
0: um, they're still talking about him. I mean, th- th- that's <laughs> the that's the interesting thing. He's <laughs> we are. Yeah, and, and and you know, if you look at a political speech in the U.S., you know, mm-hmm. the, whether it's in Congress or Senate or, or or the president or the vice president or the press minister of the or the press person of the White House, they're still talking about Trump mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. previous administration. Previous when I was doing business, I've been doing business since I was like 23 years old. I learned it very very quickly. You have three months blame the previous guys <laughs> <laughs> after that you so you just have to use the first three months really really well mm. to kind of swipe everything onto the rug and say okay that, that, that's on them and, uh, and then you then you kind of have to then you run out of excuses and I've and I I find it really really fascinating mm. that he's still such a big character and I know of course there are you know we have this uh, 6th of January Mm-hmm. resurrection, which in my mind was just a circus, you know, like, because it's not like these guys could have ever seized power over the country, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, they but the fact that it
1: happened is yeah, insane. Yeah. They, yeah like, but, the, but we had it. the
0: same actually happen in Iceland. They, they, mm-hmm. they, they went into the parliament. Yeah. uh During the financial crisis and we just called it a riot, mm-hmm. but this mm-hmm. is called like a resurrection or like seizing power. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. These guys had no backup. They didn't have the police, the military, anyone to back them up. Mm-hmm. So it was just clowns. Yeah. Being sure. clowns. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, but maybe because of that whole thing, and obviously, I think the democrats are using that event to mm. kind of amplify the need for whatever mm-hmm. to keep Trump away, so that's why he kind of stays in you, you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. and you know, and he likes the attention also. I mean,
1: oh, yeah, but it's, if you go you know, this to the solarium this much, then you have to be in the spotlight. I don't think you know? it's a solarium, I think it's just a <laughs> some kind of spray on stuff. Yeah, I don't know, I'm no expert, but. Um. Yeah, I, I think. Um, what about his hair? What What do you think of his hair? Do you think it's real? I think it's. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I it's think, just uh, a,
0: such an amazing. Yeah, I just.
1: It's impressive how it can be done. I I don't know why you didn't just get rid of it. Mm. I think. Uh, but I why know.
0: does this country keep? I mean, because the whole. If If you look at the the, let's say the the a lot of the topics that kind of control the, the narrative. They are very much, you know, I don't know, like trans rights, uh, LGBTQ, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, LGBTQ plus and mm-hmm. all of these things and, and immigration and uh, let's all be friends and fart some unicorn farts and stuff like that. So it's, <laughs> it's a lot of soft issues, let's say. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more equality, more this, more that. Mm-hmm. and And then you just vote like a hundred year old guy and then he 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 took over from a 79 year old guy you know Mm. what i mean it's
1: it's crazy yeah it's um i don't know kind of disappointing yeah i mean it's it just doesn't seem like that much of a step forward if it is at all you know it just seems like a sidestep or whatever Mm. so it's not really any sort of progress i think uh, in i don't
0: feel that these people are because on one hand, because I'm a white middle-aged man, and I—that's kind of the worst species left on Earth—and I'm happy to bear that cross. I have no problem with that. <laughs> okay, I, I, absolutely. I'm, i wear it with pride, mm. but not too much pride, though. Yo, uh, n- not that kind of pride, <laughs> but but some pride. <laughs> yeah. um. And and then I think, okay, so why the fuck should someone vote someone like me to change a society to become I don't know, more gay friendly. Take that as an example. Why mm. why the fuck? I'm not the poster boy for that. But mm-hmm. but in America we just keep voting those old farts, you know, you had a chance yeah. even to vote a woman, you know, well, uh, okay, was, she was um, a witch.
1: Well, this um this last election there was it was exciting cuz there was a gay guy. Mm. There was Andrew Yang, an Asian guy, and mm. then um, you know, several women. Mm. So for once it was uh, at least on the, you know, for the on the Democratic ticket. Mm. Um and then yeah. What ended up happening was we got the great grandfather, the, the, the oldest, whitest guy we could <laughs> find, yeah, yeah. and it was like, okay, all right, so you know, it's, it's, I guess it takes these steps, but I mean, at least, mm. uh, at least the uh, you know the other candidates were um, something interesting, you know what I mean? Mm.
0: Is there never any discussion in 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 um, in let's say? I don't know in Asian communities in the US to get reparations for how Asians were treated.
1: Uh no, I don't think mm. I'm sure maybe somewhere. Um but it's it's more about um, not being marginalized and being part of the conversation when it comes to um any sort of like racial inequality. Mm. Um so I think good representation should show that. Um but you know there there is like, you know, room for improvement. Let's say. Mm. Um,
0: but where was where were where were people, where were Asian people on, on on Black Lives Matters and 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 those kind of things? I mean, mm-hmm. where 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 would you? I mean, how th- does that look to you? Like the, those
1: riots, you know? Yeah. Well, um, I I think. Um, would you call them riots? Uh sure. Yeah. I mean, there were. Right. Yeah, I mean, yep. I guess by definition, but I mean, uh, I think I wish that um, um, I feel like blacks and Asians in America have been sort of pitted against each other in a lot of ways.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it'd be great if there was more solidarity, you know, I mean, um, I know there was a lot of um, Asian Americans that also participated in the George Floyd um, demonstrations and mean. all of these. Yeah. So, like, um, yeah, and that's uh, that's good to see. I don't think there should be any dividing, mm. you know, just it's pitting people against people that are but all kind of the same thing.
0: This that you mentioned earlier, that the, the taking the Asians is saying, if they can succeed, what, you know, like. The sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's
1: part of it. It's just, um, you know, that model minority thing Syndrome, that, yeah. you know, it, it Uh, But isn't that human, though? I mean, yeah, it's like because of their success, um, um, it's 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 a dangerous thing to say. Like, well, why can't um, why can't the blacks? Yeah, why can't Latins do the same? And it's um, a lot of it is like, well, the system is pitted against them Mm. in a lot of ways. Like, you know, criminal justice. It's like Mm. you know, forget about it law enforcement. They're gonna Mm. you know.
0: Yeah, but there I feel often that this is the dog is kind of chasing his tail because to you know like you have maybe more black criminals and therefore they are going to be stopped more often and then they get more criminalized for minor you know some minor offense that didn't really matter mm-hmm. because they're the, you know, the sample size is bigger and then kind of keep it keeps the circle going. It's oh yeah, like,
1: sure, yeah, and it just continues to, mm. um, yeah, and it's hard to break free from that. Yeah.
0: And it affects also because I the the system I didn't know that, but the system is super unfair about that. If you go to jail, you lose your voting right, mm-hmm. and you actually need to claim it back when you when you set free. Or at least it was like that. I think that you or I don't know if it's nationwide or just in some state, but mm-hmm. you kind of you lose your. So of course it would be very convenient to put a certain demographic in jail, sure. <laughs> and make sure they never vote. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, that's a huge issue now. Is the is the voting um um you know voting rights mm. as long as it's like available to everybody as it should be mm. but they're putting limitations on it in let's say certain areas or certain how, what
0: kind of limit because of this I I don't understand this because I, I, if if the I, system worked for Reagan it worked for Clinton it worked for George Bush why doesn't it work today
1: well there's uh th- that's how i don't know the <laughs> i'm no expert on this no? but the strategy you know, is that you you target these certain areas and like that's where you go campaign, and then the the system is like, well, I got to win this state, I got to win this state or this part of the state, so it becomes like, it's like a tricky situation when it comes to campaigning for for yourself. Mm. So, but
0: are, are I mean, are, are do you think voters, some voters, or I don't know, are being excluded from voting? Or? Sure, yeah, I think. But how?
1: I, I think um, like limiting access making these laws that are um, ridiculous to but like... But how I
0: do you limit access? I mean, you make the door too small? I mean, what... what? No, like,
1: I mean, like, either... Uh, I, I'm not... No, no, I know. I, I'm pure on specifics. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. And just but, like, you know, any I, think, example. I think some parts of Texas are all of Texas or something like that. It's you're prohibited to, like, you know, provide food and water or something to someone who's standing in line. Uh-huh. uh Things like this or, or um, you know, making it... Uh, the timing limited for your when you can wo- vote voting uh-huh. and it's just like, well, so most these everyone people is are at, be work. at work yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, you can't. Uh-huh. So, and it's, it,
0: it's, so it, yeah, so it, it's, it, it's not an, let's say an equal access to anyone regardless yeah. of working hours or exactly. Uh-huh.
1: And, and that's, and that's kind of become a huge issue these days. I but it wasn't an issue like, I think it's more come to light now, uh-huh. um, especially with this. Because
0: um, they, uh, they want to keep Agent Orange out of out of the house. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. Yeah.
1: Um, but at least I don't know. No.
0: <laughs> no, no. It's just I, I, I'm just because I that's the f- because I have seen the discussion about this and and that you know they they were trying to push through a change in the in the voting, voting legislation and then I started thinking well. Why is this a problem now? Why wasn't it a problem 12 years ago or 15 years ago or, or whatever? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was just curious about it. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree. Of Obviously, when there's an election, a general election, uh, you should be able to vote from, you know, 8 in the morning until 10 in the evening or whatever. And, and mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, if somebody wants to give you a free water, they should be allowed to give you a free water. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's ridiculous. Not like... Can't even see how that would affect a vote. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Only thirsty people would come and vote, or you know, like it—it it doesn't make a lot of sense. But, but I was—I was just curious, and th- yeah, why—why why is it a problem now? And it wasn't a problem, I don't know, twenty years ago or mm-hmm. something. And and I'm—I I'm, was curious about that because I don't think people are working more now. You know, like so the working hours are longer. I mean, I think it's probably even gone back to less hours. But what mm-hmm. do I know? <laughs> anyway, so. Um we gotta keep him out of the house, that's for sure. If if, they, if he gets voted again, the engine will go pre- there with the violin and just <laughs> kind of scare <laughs> him out. Yeah,
1: no, be like the like the like the violinist that plays at the end of the Titanic and goes down with the ship. So yeah. Like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so okay gastro you know how did you end up in that was there like a, a secret dream or you know not really i, I you were cooking at
1: home or or not I, I did yeah in not a whole lot but i worked in restaurants most of the time when i was in in university mm. so um i did kind of all the jobs i did front of the house i worked as a busser for a long time some of the best money i ever made and then um started working in the kitchen, and one of my first uh, jobs in the kitchen was as a sushi apprentice. Mm -hmm. So there's a sushi restaurant um, in Boulder, and um, I started, uh, they signed me up, so it was great. That was just chopping up cucumbers, making some rice, and then uh, mixing the wasabi, which is definitely the shitty job for the kitchen. So wait, you make the wasabi there? Yeah, oh, uh, it, it's um, it's mostly the um, it's not the real wasabi where you grind out the roots. Uh huh. That stuff's really expensive. Um, but like you're most of the time they're using uh, powdered wasabi. Uh huh. So you mix it with water. And one of the things that you do to haze the new guy is you're like you gotta use hot water. Uh huh. And you and you're doing like five kilos of this stuff at a time. You gotta mix it with your hands, and you pour in this hot water, and it just like. Like, mustard gas, the entire kitchen. It just, it, like, everyone starts, like, you know, your eyes water up and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's kind of a mean trick. They didn't do it to me. I was uh, smart enough to not do it, but, um, yeah, I've seen it happen.
0: Have you ever eaten a, a bunch of wasabi, like, and then I mean, like, a, 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 like not just, like, a normal sushi portion, but, like, mm-hmm. a bunch in
1: one go? Um, I've, I've been dared to do, like, you know, a, a mm-hmm. pretty heavy bite, but... And you didn't get diarrhea? No, maybe I didn't eat enough. How much do I got to eat? Yeah, that's a. There was a guy working with me, and we dared him for three
0: hundred euros to to eat like a, I don't know, it's like a proper bowl. <laughs> and, and it was like twenty <laughs> minutes later, he went, went to the toilet. And wow, he, that's some fast acting stuff. Yeah, I, and he he felt really really bad, and he said he just, he could just feel it travel through the body.
1: Oh God, that sounds awful. That uh,
0: was crazy. Uh, and uh, but he got his money and and he uh, and he donated to charity. Actually, I would never have done that. I would just have taken <laughs> the fucking money. <laughs> Your ass is flaming, you know. And, and yeah, uh, spend that money. Yeah. I mean, you earned it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So you're in a. You, you go into
1: sushi restaurant. Yeah, that's what, uh, so. I spent a lot of time in the sushi restaurant. Um, and then uh, started traveling, mm. and just used my kind of kitchen background or restaurant background to find work everywhere I went. In the States or? or um, abroad. So uh-huh. um, I spent uh, a lot of time in New Zealand. Uh-huh. Um, uh, well, about a year or so there, just like working in odd jobs in restaurants. And it was a lot of fun. But I, lot, I got a lot of experience in, I don't know, I, did, I, I baked for a place, so it was like your hours are from 3 a.m. till 3 p.m. kind of thing. So that was fun. Um, I was doing like short order breakfast cooking and, um, worked in like a, like an ale house for a little while. Uh-huh. So you did bits kitchen. and pieces everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a really great experience mm. to, to just try out different kitchens and stuff. Some of them were awful, but mm. like, um, and then, uh, and then when I came to Prague, I worked for a few different places here, mm. even worked with a uh, bad Jeff, which was a lot of fun. He just, um. It was when we were looking for a location for QQ. Mm. And um, so it was really fun to do some barbecue, cook some burgers and mm. smoke some wings, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, but uh, Jeff Cohen, Pat Jeff, he was on my podcast, I don't remember, like 20, 30 episodes ago. So yeah. guys, check yeah. that out. He, he's a cool guy as well. He has some very, very interesting stories about when his mom found out that he stole all her drugs <laughs> and How how she t- taught him not to... To stop doing drugs but how to do them properly <laughs> um very very interesting guy um uh, but but i mean was it like uh did you feel some passion in it during uh, this yo, time yeah, or, yeah, yeah absolutely um and what
1: is it is it the the food or the um customers a lot or the of bus? it is is caring about the food when i when i was doing the sushi um i was really fortunate because i came in and they only hired one spot so everyone in the kitchen was above me so i was able to learn from everybody mm. so i learned i just i
0: uh, wait so you had seven bosses and you you were the yeah, only i was
1: i was like yeah i was like the runner know, i was the rookie yeah. you know so um and that's what i did so i cut like cases on cases of uh cucumbers every day mm. and i did that for like i don't know seven straight months before i even started touching fish you know, and it was just like,
0: and that's the, that's how they treat sushi. I mean, she yeah, is sure.
1: treated; it's a serious business. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and and the place I was at, um, it was a little bit less formal, um, but it was Japanese guys that were over me, so they were obviously wanting to train me. But if I was in Tokyo doing this or something like that, it'd, I'd be like, you know, five years in before I actually started doing anything with fish. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so I got to learn really fast. And once I started getting decent at it, I really loved it. It was uh, like the really caring about the work and like focusing on something. And then uh, working on the sushi bar, you get to serve it directly and and talk to customers, and it was it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then started really caring about cooking. During that time, I was mm-hmm. like researching a lot of stuff all the time, and just like really found that i really cared about it mm. so um started trying different things in the kitchen and just love it mm. and and
0: and how did you end up here i mean in prague what wh- what you know what and how
1: um so i mentioned that friend of mine mm. uh growing up uh he he moved out here in like i want to say 2000 or something mm. And back in the day, he opened a bar. And when he opened that bar, I came to help him out mm. and uh, met a ton of people. And then I was here for about six months and then went back to the States to finish school. And then uh, when I started traveling again, I uh, wanted to come back through Prague just to catch up with some people. Mm. And as soon as I did, everyone basically like offered me a place to stay or a job or everything. So I was like, ah, let's uh, give it a chance. Let's give it a chance. And that was that was like twelve, thirteen years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. So that wasn't really a plan. I mean, it was just kind of uh, random.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was um, when I was traveling, it was like you know, backpack and mm. see where it takes me.
0: But did you wanna? I mean, was there something wrong with living in Boulder or Denver or you know, being in Colorado? I mean,
1: no. Uh, I mean, I living in boulder for long enough you definitely want to get out of there it's this uh, It's own, a small it's a weird kind uh, of bubble
0: um everybody's doing rock climbing and mountain bikes and, and i skiing definitely and did that but yeah. it was
1: like um it, it's definitely this tiny little bubble of of you know is it phony is it phony it starts to feel that way yeah. if, you're long, if you're there long because enough. Because
0: if you if you look at it just on social media, because, you know, I'm into running and stuff, so I kind of come across Boulder very often sure. as a place, yeah, yeah. and I, I often get this feeling that it's a little bit too perfect. They're hiding something. Oh, yeah,
1: and there's, like, some, like, weird, I don't know. It's yeah. a
0: strange place. Wooden that, legs and stuff. Yeah. People pretending to be...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Mm. I don't think about it often, but, like, that... That John Bonnet Ramsey was right there. Yeah. And it was like, that's what's still unsolved. It's a I don't know, kind yeah. of dark, dark place in some ways. Yeah. But I had a great time there. I mean, it's just um it was time to go. Mm.
0: Left. Um, but um so you kind of come not with a plan of staying here or anything like that. No. Um just And and get into Castro here right away or, or,
1: or Yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. Um uh Neoman And I basically moved here around the same time. I think he was in, like, um, Opava before he came here. But uh, we met here in Prague and worked in some random places, but Mm. um, basically went from there. And since we'd worked together, we really wanted to open our own place Mm. and work at it on our own. So we finally started doing that in 2016.
0: And how? What do you think here? Like the difference of of setting up, just yeah, you know, both getting started and 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 all the all the bureaucracy and all that stuff versus like if you if you would do the same in the states, is do you think it's
1: easier here or or? You know, I thought I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what to expect, mm-hmm. and I was definitely um, just in it to learn how to do it. So if someone asked me how to open a restaurant in the states, I would have some background, but I wouldn't know specifics. So I, I'm more familiar with how it works here now, um, but I'm still learning. Mm. You know.
0: But when it comes to the clients and the, you know the customers and the market and 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 that kind of stuff, because I always have this feeling that, um, I don't know how to say this in the right way. I always felt that the states are so fucking competitive. You know, like mm. everything is so. Competitive and the margins are super super small usually mm-hmm. in gastro and 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 it it's all about volume. It's it, I, I like.
1: Yeah, it depends on on your on the model mm-hmm. of of each restaurant, right? So, um, yeah. So it's it's it is a fine line, and like you know, margins are thin mm-hmm. as always. But the, but
0: it's it's different here. I mean, or or is it easier to stand out here and be a little bit different and special? I mean, I, I don't know.
1: Uh, it's, it, there's like, you got to find like a niche market a lot of the times, but that goes with anywhere, Mm. you know? So I don't know for us, we just do what we know how to do. And, you know, I think it's very accessible. Mm.
0: And, uh, but here you're kind of just boxed in with any Asian, like there's a big, Vietnamese community here and has been here since the 70s sure, yeah. I think or mm-hmm. 60s 70s that, that, that like and that was just like a plan they I think they brought 200,000 people mm-hmm. or something from Vietnam to work here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and yeah they stayed and they you know they have families and kids and stuff like that yeah I guess people just take you for one of them
1: yeah kind of yeah um maybe not so much now but definitely when I first moved here it was kind of like this uh camouflage in a way so i think um if people saw me on the street they would just assume that um i mean, might be like a vietnamese guy, guy who owns the corner shop or something yeah. like that or runs the corner shop
0: and that's interesting because that has kind of become became at least from a visible standpoint the primary business that vietnamese people ended up doing here somehow is only yeah. those small local mm-hmm. neighborhood stores that basically have a Assortment of you know ten thousand uh, items in
1: fifteen square meters—it's crazy stuff, yeah. you know. And but it's uh, it, it's interesting because it's generally the same stuff, right? Mm-hmm. In yeah, every, in all every of them, shift. yeah. So it's kind of like it's the local kind of bodega. You yeah, know, we we can get what you need out of there. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Well, why do uh, you think that they? But, but, but just I'm wondering, why I, I, did they I'm end up sure. in that?
1: I'm not sure exactly. I, mean, I think it it must have to do with something about. Um, the networking mm. that was set up. And then there's um, there's the Sapa market yeah. down in Prague 4 So I think that uh, that's kind of like a central hub yeah. for a lot of... Pushes out products to all these locations. Sure, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like, um, mm. you know, central distribution for a lot of these small mm. shops.
0: And I guess also this is if you want to be your own boss somehow or, you know, you want to mm-hmm. do something for yourself, probably, I don't know, starting a small corner store. Mm-hmm with limited rent and you can do all the work yourself, mm-hmm. it's it's probably an easier startup than a lot of other startups.
1: You sure, know. yeah, definitely. I mean, I think um, it, it's also a good way to maybe start a family. I know yeah. it's like it's um, – um, I noticed that in – you know, two or three of the shops that are around my neighborhood, mm. they live the in the shop, yeah, yeah, exactly. you know? And then, like, the kid's been running the cash register since he yeah. was, like, five, eight yeah. years old or yeah, something. Yeah. He's it's like, crazy. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> buying booze from this, like, eight-year-old kid behind the counter. I'm like, okay, have a nice yeah. day. <laughs> I want to get consumed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, but But
0: that's actually, that's an interesting thing because that's, like, an that's like an immigration in in the same way as your parents came sure. to denver and then mm-hmm. we see that here and what we're seeing here now and we were talking before we started recording is that a lot of the the children and grandchildren of those who came here are actually starting really cool businesses
1: yeah they're doing extremely well and it's yeah. great to see so there's this like kind of new young fresh generation of um mm. um of these like uh immigrant First generation kids mm. who probably worked hard in school, and then they speak perfect Czech, Vietnamese, and even English. Mm. When I meet them, it's amazing. Mm. Um, so there are these like young professionals that have their own businesses or are working on something. So it's it's really cool to see. Yeah, it's know?
0: just it's interesting. I just didn't realize that until you said this earlier. Um, when, yeah, that <coughs> it it's almost like emigration... Gives a kick, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean. It it it's almost like it kind of regenerates some sort of a desire or power or energy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and out of that need, you know, this need to do something, to create something, because you, no one is going to take care of you. Sure. And I think Czech Republic, in some way, is is many ways similar to the U.S. in the sense that if you come here, you're not coming here to get unemployment benefits because there are mm-hmm. none, you know? Like, yeah. they, they, they're so shitty that you wouldn't be able to live from them. Mm-hmm. So you come here because you're going to carve out your own future. Yeah, And and the same, that's the American dream, you know? You you have mm-hmm. the opportunity to create for yourself. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I read this uh, study once about uh, Swedish people that emigrated to the northern part of the U.S. and, and then they... they they took it by the the names, the last names, mm-hmm. and and so the descendants of the first Swedish immigrants. Ninety five percent of them had a university degree. Oh wow! And they were in the top five percent of income in where they lived. Mm-hmm. All of them. Wow! And you know, it's so it's so obvious that you know these were people that came from nothing. Mm-hmm. Became empty handed, you know. And it, it's, yeah, it's fascinating how it it turns on something in us to do something, you know? Yeah, yeah. To it, do that English English literature <laughs> degree, decry- <yeah. laughs> you know, my parents were so proud of. <laughs> yeah.
1: They moved all the way from Taiwan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. They immigrated to the states, and then I like fucked off to Europe. <laughs> and yeah. Like,
0: okay, that's great. But you don't miss the states.
1: Uh, I mean, I do. Uh, I miss my parents, and like, mm. uh, it's nice being back. I'm actually going back next week. Mm. And uh, just for a visit, um, do some rock climbing in boulder. <laughs> no, probably not. Probably um, eat some good Mexican food and <laughs> mm. <laughs> you get know. wasted. I don't know about that. Most of my friends are, you know, family, <laughs> family friends, and now. But like um, maybe a couple parties, we'll see. Mm.
2: But but um, but, yeah.
1: uh, but you live. Uh, I don't know. I feel
0: I, I live a very different life here than when I lived in Iceland, and then mm-hmm. in between, I lived in Copenhagen, and I. I I I don't think I could move back to Iceland just because I feel that I would be compromising a lot on on my lifestyle somehow and and mm-hmm. the, uh, the choices and opportunities. Do you feel like that? I mean, or 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 is it just different? Yeah, uh, it's
1: um, it is different. And like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say I'll never move back or, whatever. You know, there's always going to be, who knows what the future brings, right? But mm-hmm. um, uh, for me, I mean, I. I came here for sort of the same reason that I saw like some opportunity here. Um, the lifestyle was great and just wanted to stay. I was just like, there's, you know, some fun things happening in Prague that I was just like, man, this would never happen back home. Yeah. And
0: and that's the thing. It's, it's, it's this real freedom that we have here. It's right. this yeah. really no one gives a shit about what you do. Maybe it's because we're in an expat bubble or something. I don't know. That but it's possible. Yeah.
1: But like you know, just the, I've had so many great experiences here mm. that like it's like this would never happen back home. This is such some, a give
0: me an example. Just something. Uh, what, what where I, you feel this difference?
1: I don't know. Maybe just like uh, on a night out in Prague, just some some sort of like mm. random things that happen. But it it's um.
0: I mean, you can walk down the street with a beer in your hand. You can be smoking a joint if you want, and true. no one yeah. gives a shit. That's
1: true. That's true. That's, that you can't do everywhere in the States. No, absolutely not. There's like, um, that's why I mean, I like, f- that's first why of like all, New Orleans. Are, mm-hmm. That's why that place has <laughs> yeah. got a special place in my heart. So that's mm-hmm. a place that I like to go visit, and it's a great city. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's just a place that has a pulse and a heartbeat that, mm-hmm. that you know, we can really appreciate.
0: Mhm. I don't know. Yeah, it's in, in some some parts of the US are very sterile somehow. Mhm. I don't know why. I, I I don't know what it is, but and I <clears throat> and it's interesting because, you know, um I would I would rather want to be put in get into trouble here than <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With the police Agreed. for example. Agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's it's weird because it's the land of the free. No no but it's uh, it's terrifying when mm. <laughs> you know that shouldn't be the case no right? that's wrong you know? yeah but it's i i scary. don't think
0: you can find the simple uh, explanation for it i mean there there yeah i don't know what causes it i mean there are multiple things mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. cause it but i yeah i wouldn't want to get into trouble in the states yeah but uh, yeah i don't know i mean like um, do you think if you if you had to go back um would you go into doing the same as you're doing here? Would you try to, you know, get into gastro or...
1: You know, I'm, I'm not sure. It's it's what I know. Mm. It's what I've been at for, you know, decent amount of my life. Um, but, I, you know, I'd be open to doing something else. I just don't know what it is yet. Mm. Maybe kick up that violin again. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Who
0: knows. <laughs> Vi- the, the White House violinist. Yeah. Um, I think we're kind of done, Lee. I, I don't know. We didn't really have anything, anything else. I have this long script, three-page script. Um, so where can people follow? This QQ restaurant, right? Yeah.
1: So, um, QQ Asian Kitchen. Mm. Um. On Instagram. You can Facebook. Find us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, page. Yeah. Exactly. Myspa- MySpace. MySpace. Yeah, MySpace. Well, I think I still got a profile on there somewhere, yeah. linked to my Hotmail account or
0: something. <laughs> hot dude, hot <laughs> yeah. at Hotmail. I remember when I saw that Hotmail first. I was like, is that porn? Or, you know, like because it was just Hotmail. Was yeah. Like, yeah, that must be something. Hotmail. Yeah, must be something <laughs> exciting going on here. I was so I was so naive in the in the early days of internet that there was this uh, all these porn stars. Um, I don't remember any names now. Uh, there was Jenna Jameson and all those girls, you know, like... And they all worked for this company called Wixon mm-hmm. uh, Or Vivid. Yeah, Vivid. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was, like, the production company. And then they... When the internet came, you know, like... And this is just, it's just a, so... Yeah, so th- we didn't have internet at home. So I had to go to... I was in law... Lo- I'm a lawyer. So I, I went... In law school, I, I had the computer that was connected to the internet. Mm. So we would sit there in the in the internet room with like I don't know like 15 computers and f- three in a row and five rows and you would just browse porn and you didn't <laughs> give a shit if someone <laughs> was behind you or not yeah. because you just it was the first time in your life that you had unlimited access to porn yeah for sure and i found these i found this uh found this page from this vivid company and they had like all the girls and then you could write them a message you know like and i was so naive i d- i was sure that i was writing to that girl so <laughs> like hi jenna i'm <laughs> I'm Alma from Iceland. I would take you on a drive and show you the nature <laughs> if you come over. Let me know when you want to come. And and everything was about this. So like, and then, yeah, then when I saw a hotmail, I was like, wow, that must be like something, you know, there must be some, I don't know, they attach a tit to every photo or something, <laughs> you know, like or every email. <laughs> but I don't know. It didn't turn out like that.
1: Yeah. But it so was how was that drive with Jenna Jameson? <laughs> she, never, she never came. Oh man, I don't know. I
0: I, I uh, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, maybe she didn't get the mail or something. Oh, I mean, something went. The server went down or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Otherwise, she probably would have come. You know? but yeah. So it, it was it was beautiful and naive, you know. Mm-hmm. And I kind mm-hmm. of missed that because now everything is so serious, you know. And 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 uh, I don't know. I I. It, it's advanced so much, you know. It was it was yeah, such it's a beautiful so it's like in, in in the beginning. It's it can be so beautiful, you know. And,
1: and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm definitely feeling kind of left behind when you know a lot of this technology is just yeah. like zooming by, you know.
0: Yeah, I've I've, I've tried to get on this TikTok, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. It has some algorithm, so it <laughs> suggests you or like gives you what. If you don't follow a lot of people, then it kind of starts showing you randomly. And mm. what I get is this pimple popping videos, <laughs> and just okay. nonstop. And like, and then, then when I when I kind of, I don't know, the swipe them away, and, and then they started showing me some pimple popping on animals, like, you know, like dark skin diseases oh, that are pimple popping. So it, it's it's the weirdest place. Mm-hmm. But there are people on there who are making tons of money.
1: Yeah, and some of the content I admit it's like. Pretty cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. There are, and you know, and, and a lot of it's like pretty
1: garbage. But like, yeah. Um, but you
0: gotta put a lot of work into it. I mean, oh, it's yeah. not like yeah, a walk yeah. in the park, yeah. and you're just phoning yourself at home, and everybody likes it. That uh-huh. that those days are gone. That's <laughs> yeah, what me exactly. and Jenna. You know, that's yeah, me and that Jenna like were hanging out, YouTube and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, But uh, um, yeah. Here's a video, and yeah. everybody
1: loved it. Yeah, it's really come a long way. And like, I I don't know. I know it's um it's such a great tool to use, you know, for a business and stuff like that. I just don't get it you know so um, you know I'm working on that kind of stuff but it's yeah
0: but people I I'll I will put uh, I'll put your restaurant all the all the all the um, links to your restaurant in in the episode description so it will be available yeah, on, on know, my Facebook page and, and and on Spotify and all that stuff. Yeah, I think, guys, um, thanks for listening and follow the show, uh, recommend it and play it at the funeral if you like. And, uh, Lee, thanks for coming. Thanks for spending time with me. What are you going to go and do now? Are you going to go
1: and work? or, or um, No, I think um, I might just pop by home. the restaurant, actually. Yeah. And then... Uh, Scream maybe. at
0: someone in the kitchen and then just nah, go Nah, I don't do that anymore. Got
1: those cucumbers. No, 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 I don't do that anymore. Anyway, I just go there and... Uh, Drink a glass of wine that I've already bought and then (laughs) fuck off to home. (laughs) Okay, enjoy it. All right, thank you.